The deep sea is definitely a no-go from me. I grew up on the ocean, I played a lot in the ocean, and I preferred to stay in my little swampy bogs away from all the big old great whites, the giant whales, and those suspicious dolphins. Welcome back to the swamp my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true deep sea horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story you would like to share, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp, and stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. Now, without further ado, let's jump right into these creepy and allegedly true deep sea horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. Aliens on the Ocean by Anonymous Spring break has always been one of my favorite times of the year. As a child, I used to vacation to the ocean or sometimes even Disney World, and now, as an adult, my wife and I go on holidays together when the children are out of school for spring break. So, for me, there is no better place than the ocean at night. The way the moonlight glows and the waves of the water and the sound of the waves crashing always give me peace of mind. This year, my wife and I saved some extra money and rented a private house on the ocean. It was amazing. Drinking my coffee on the sea every morning and enjoying an alcoholic beverage every night as the moon rose was genuinely unique. One day, I passed out on the beach for a couple of hours only to awaken with horrible nightmares. They were strange and I only remember darkness and a lot of screaming. My wife asked me if I was okay, and I said yeah, I was just a little shaken up from my dream. My wife went to bed early that night, but I couldn't sleep. It had to be that long nap I had taken earlier in the day, or maybe the horrible nightmares that woke me up from the nap. I wanted to clear my head, so I walked to the ocean. As I was walking on the lonely beach, I approached something that appeared to be glowing in the sand. I started to come quickly but with caution. I wanted to see what it was, but I was also nervous. It was some sort of like glowing red ball. It's hard to describe, but I'll do my best. It didn't look like cheap plastic. It was a glowing red ball of light with no shape. I stared intently until it flashed so bright that it knocked me down on the sand. This, this flash was almost like a force. The ball flew up in the air and shot itself out into the ocean, and as it reached to the horizon, there was a massive blast of light. Within seconds, the sky looked like it was storming, but there was no rain. I saw all sorts of colors in the sky and a lot of red flashes that I could only describe as looking like heat lightning, but these flashes were lighting up the entire sky. As I watched all the intense moments of light before I knew it, I blacked out completely. The next thing I remember is my wife waking me up the following day in a frantic panic because she didn't know where I was. I tried explaining what I had witnessed, but she said I was dreaming and was upset that I was wandering off at night, accusing me of getting drunk and passing out. But it's important to note that I don't get drunk and I would never just wander off and never come back. Something I can't explain happened that night. Can someone let me know if they have any idea what I experienced? Could it just be a vivid dream and some sort of sleepwalking? Or did I actually notice and witness some sort of alien activity over the ocean?
Something is in the Ocean by Squid Vicious USNA. Being in the Navy, you get to see a lot of the world, and with two deployments currently under my belt, I have seen a lot of crazy things. However, this occurred during my last deployment, and it's a moment that I will never forget, not just because it left me physically shaken, but because there was no explanation for what we saw that night. I watched from midnight to four in the morning, and my watch station is in a little area right behind the bridge. In this area, I was the supervisor of a small team of four others, ensuring they did their job correctly, which was to make sure we knew where other ships were, who they were, and where they came from. The midnight watch is usually dull, as nothing really happens around that time. The bridge team tended to keep to themselves around that time and only came to bug us when they had questions about a ship or any possible ships in the area. We had one person out on the bridge to talk to the lookouts and people stationed around the ship who made visual reports to the bridge on other boats or any marine life near us. To ensure I knew what the lookouts were reporting, I hooked up a speaker to the station that guards used to talk to each other and make reports. Usually during this time, the lookouts like to talk about nonsense and gossip amongst each other, although I will admit a lot of their conversations were funny. On this particular night, however, one of the lookouts made a report to the bridge, and I knew something was wrong because she sounded highly nervous. Here is the initial statement. Bridge, Port Fantail? Go ahead, Port Fantail. Bridge, the, the water behind us is, uh, glowing. Say again? I can't explain it any other way, but the water is glowing. What the hell? I said to myself. I went out to the bridge and talked to my guy, ensuring he also heard what I heard. We both reported it to the junior officer of the watch, or the J-O-O-W, and he thought it was weird as well, but claimed that it might be bioluminescent algae. Although uncommon, it did make sense to me. I told my guy to return the word to lookout, hoping it would calm her down. As I returned to my station, I heard the lookouts talking through the speaker, teasing and making fun of her reporting glowing algae. After that, all seemed normal. About 20 minutes later, I heard the lookout come out again, talking to one of the other lookouts. Starboard Fantail, Port Fantail. Yeah? Do you see the water glowing in the distance? Uh, yeah, what about it? I think it's following us. <laughs> You're stupid. No, no seriously, look, look, look at it. We passed it about 20 minutes ago. We shouldn't be able to see it anymore. You're either really tired or paranoid. You need to calm down. After that, the lookout again reported it to the bridge and this time to the J-O-O-W, told him to pass the word to inform him that the glowing algae was getting closer. I went outside to check it out and even I saw it. Although it could be nothing, I was on edge. Then, out of nowhere, I know the glow rapidly was getting closer to the ship, coming in from behind at a speed that made no sense for it to be algae. I ran back inside and heard the lookouts making the report, but before I could inform the bridge, the water around the ship started to grow intensely. The glowing faded slowly, then got brighter every few seconds, and everyone on the bridge was utterly dumbfounded. No one moved or spoke a word, they just stood in place watching as the bridge filled in and out with this ominous green glow. This went on for a couple of minutes, but felt like an eternity. I don't know what the others were thinking but I thought this was the end. We then watched as whatever was glowing beneath the ship slowly moved away from us, moving ahead of us. Then, in a sudden flash of light, 
It was gone entirely. Everyone on the bridge remained silent for about another minute, and even though everyone was shaken up, we all tried to get past it, and many went on like it never happened. Since there was no official report of the incident and it was never passed down to the other watches, this event technically only happened to those who witnessed it, which happens more than you would think out in the open ocean. The captain should have been informed of what happened. I have not been able to stop thinking about that day and I haven't told anyone about it, not even my wife and family. Not because they won't believe me, but because they worry about me constantly when I'm out at sea. So I've kept it to myself until now. I wanted to share what I experienced and pass the word on to the swamp that there is something in the ocean. What is it? I don't know. And that truly terrifies me. Lights Over the Ocean by Star Roving 2 I was walking down the main path through the bluffs a little before 5 a.m., and I caught from the corner of my eye at first a glimpse of the ocean. I could see the full moon was casting a beautiful beam of yellow light down at the water through the hole in the clouds. I was staring at it for a while as I walked, and then I noticed what looked to be something like a swarm of fireflies winking around the light. The only weird thing was is these were way out over the ocean and above the horizon. There were seven or eight, and they would flash on and off. They were yellow and red, but they never seemed to be in the same place twice. Unfortunately, on the bottom parts of the path, the ocean was obscured by the bluffs, so by the time I was near the bottom, I convinced myself the lights must have been buoys that I had never noticed before. When I reached the bottom, however, something I would guess was the size of a basketball flew about 50 feet over my head and lit up bright white and winked out as it hit behind the bluffs. It could have been heat or lightning, but whatever flew over me stopped for just a second. For what it was worth, when I paddled out, I did see the blinking lights of two buoys that I did know of. However, these were clearly below the horizon in the same spots they had always been. I'm sorry if my story wasn't very long and wasn't super exciting, but this is something that I have held on to for quite some time. I don't know if I just witnessed a freak of nature or something natural, but it almost seemed like I might have witnessed something otherworldly going on above the ocean. My Stories While Sailing by SDS19 I've been sailing for four decades now. Mainly, I sail alone. I like to go out and just enjoy the ocean as well as do a fair bit of fishing. I have a smaller boat for such things. Nothing fancy or big, but big enough to get around and be comfortable enough to sleep in during the short stints that I would sleep. In all my years of boating around and sailing the Atlantic, I've never had an encounter quite like the one I found myself in during the trip I'm about to speak on. First off, being that I sail alone, I generally don't sleep for very long. Depending on where you're at and the preparations you make, you can sometimes get some real sleep on the sea. But I've always trained myself to sleep no more than two hours at a time, as I've always been worried I'd wind up off course, or worse. I'm familiar enough with the ocean, I've comfortably slept here and there for 8 hour periods, but I've tried to make no habits out of that, because it's definitely not safe to do so. That's a long story though, and I'm getting a bit sidetracked. Anyway, 
for the purposes of keeping my identity private, from henceforth just call me Dave. The ocean is a beautiful place and, in my opinion, it's a world of its own. Sail the seas long enough and you'll find that, when on land, you're itching to go back out again. For me, having done this sort of thing for most of my life, it has gotten to the point I consider the ocean my home. Life on land is alright, but there's nothing like the thrill and adventure of the unexpected. The ocean provides that in spades. On this occasion, I had been out at sea for about a week. It was late May in 2012 and I was fishing and relaxing. The days had been good to me and I was grateful for another opportunity to be out on the ocean, taking some vacation time off work. The day went wonderfully and the week was coming to an end. I would need to head back in a few days to make sure I got home on time to be there for all of my obligations. Night had eventually fallen and the forecast called for high winds and unsettled ocean, with some rain. This is nothing I'm not used to handling, but I decided to try to make it through the night and the storm before attempting to sleep. Everything was calm till about 9pm, when the sun had completely set itself and the storm had actually come upon me to the point that I felt like I was in some sort of movie. The waters were rough and the storm certainly made its presence known to me. This didn't bother me in the slightest and I was fully prepared to handle myself until I heard her voice. I lost my wife to brain cancer roughly seven years prior to this event. She was the love of my life and I had been with her for over 30 years when she passed. She used to go with me on my lengthy excursions out to the ocean and she was and is the only woman I would ever and ever will want in my life. The voice I heard was my wife's. I'm positive of it. I was wide awake and this happened. And at the first bolt of lightning, I swore I saw her, like you might see someone standing just in the distance. She looked real, and she seemed to be trying to tell me something. I obviously was very perplexed, and I thought initially that maybe sleep deprivation was getting to me. I remember refocusing and looking around me, only to realize that the wind was picking up immensely. My radio was beginning to dip in and out, and my boat was beginning to be slammed. Keep in mind, as I said earlier, my vessel is nice and fully capable of handling the waters, but it's also smaller, and only now did I realize the storm was much stronger than the initial forecast said it would be. I didn't panic as the weather taking a sudden turn is fairly common. That said, I did try to radio out, and as I did, I got nothing. The next thing I knew, I looked up in time just to see a large surge of water hit my boat and knock me off my feet. I tried to turn the boat, but it was too late. Before I knew it, my boat was flipped and I was thrown into the ocean. I remember trying to get my head above water, popping in and out, taking short breaths before BAM! I was hit by another massive wave and being dragged under. I fought with all my might and fury, swimming to the surface again. Gasping for air, I looked up and saw my wife. I could faintly make out two words. Keep swimming. I know how crazy this sounds. On instinct, I trusted my wife's voice and I swam in her direction. I had no way of knowing for sure if this was really her or how it was even possible. But in my heart, something told me to keep swimming her way. I was hit with another blast of water from the ocean. Everything was backward. Up was down, down was up. I truly felt like I was, I was lost. Still, I pressed on swimming with every bit of strength I had. Looking out and gasping for air, I could see my wife once again. She wore the red dress she wore the night we celebrated our 30th anniversary. I just remember, focusing on her and not really thinking about anything else but trying to keep afloat. 
The truth is, reflecting back later, part of me did wonder if I died there would I be reunited with her. Still, in the moment, I was too focused on her image and survival to give up. I pressed forward and swam with all of my might. If it weren't for her guiding image and her voice, I'm sure I would have been completely lost. I went under and would lose my way but would always be able to follow her voice. I probably would have swam circles until I died. Thankfully, as I got closer to my wife, I felt a renewed vigor well up within me. It was because of her, and to this day I can't explain how, that I'm still alive. I swam in her direction for what felt like forever, and I'm sure at least was an hour until she faded. She faded before me within a few feet. She was close enough that I could reach out, but upon trying to touch her I only saw her sweet smile, and then she faded. Instead of her skin, I felt the water of just a few feet further in front of me. My boat was sitting upright again, bobbing around in the ocean. I was able to reclaim my boat soon after, the storm died down, and honestly, I'm not really expecting anyone to believe me, but that night, I believe my wife saved me from beyond the grave. I can't explain it. I don't know if it was her ghost, my mind playing tricks on me and using her image to keep me- I don't know if she was a ghost, my mind playing tricks on me and using her image to keep me going, like some kind of weird survival trick, or if it was something else entirely. But to this day, that is the strangest and most dangerous thing I have ever done on the ocean. The trip back home was uneventful. I never heard my wife's voice or saw her again or ran into any other storm or problem. I still go boating today on the ocean but I wouldn't have been able to survive that night without her there. I won't pretend to know how or why it happened, but I'm thankful it did, and I hope when God finally does decide it's my time that she'll be waiting for me in the afterlife. A Boating Nightmare by Anonymous This particular story is possibly the most traumatic week of my life. Sounds dramatic, I know. I'm already questioning whether or not I even want to put this out there. My name is Kira. I had a lot of issues with my parents growing up, but they always seemed to trump my feelings of uncertainty with annual trips to the Caribbean. Being from Canada, I always enjoyed the palm trees and vibrant aquamarine of the sea, but Mostly, I enjoyed the week-long break from the bullies at my elementary school. I felt lucky. I knew I had an opportunity many kids in my class did not. More than anything, though, I was just happy to have something good in my life. My parents were the type to take me on vacation, give me beers at the age of 10, and tell me about all the crazy stuff they did growing up. However, I was not allowed to have male friends, I was physically abused for the minor mistakes that I made, and my emotional needs were ignored. It's not relevant to the story, so I won't go to much more detail, but I was left with the impression that I constantly needed to impress and suck up to my parents if I wanted their love and attention, especially my dad. I tried so hard for him. I tried to impress him to this day, but I can't help it. My parents took me to the Dominican Republic during March break for this particular vacation. I was seven years old and this was my first trip overseas. We stayed at a resort on the waterfront of a popular tourist spot. We spent most of our days there on the beach. I was a fantastic swimmer and loved the water at the time. You had to drag me out of it practically. Nothing could break my spirit, nothing could scare me, I thought. 
I always considered my parents to be somewhat responsible. They were so strict I just thought it was because they were trying to protect me and do what was best. Looking back though, I get angry at how wrong I was. On the second day of our trip, my father walked me down to the beach. From what I can remember, we ended up at a boat rental area. They had kayaks and other small boats, what they called kayaks I guess, but these weren't kayaks. They were more like paddle boards. They were primarily flat and you sat on them rather than in them. My dad essentially told me to get the kayak and be safe and don't mess around with the paddleboard. While dragging me out in one of these kayaks and pushing me into the water, a young girl around my age approached me, asking if she could join. I was practically conditioned into subservience, so I allowed it. We rowed around in the shallow waters until she noticed some big waves out on the horizon. She insisted we go out there. I was scared, and I knew it was dangerous and a bad idea. But I've never had anybody convince me of doing something I didn't want to do, really. So, against my better judgment, we rode out there, and slowly but surely we approached waves taller than the two of us combined. We immediately realized our predicament and attempted to turn around, but it was far too late. A ten-foot wave flipped our tiny boat and flung us into the sea. The waves crashed over me repeatedly. All I could do was see the bottom of the ocean for a while. I remember thinking it was beautiful. I couldn't stay, though. I had to do something. The waves were still coming at me with my head finally above the water. I couldn't see anything over them, and I felt myself dragged beneath. Finally, I saw the girl. I hated her, and I didn't want to help her. Then I saw the boat. Both were maybe 20 feet away in opposite directions. I swam harder than ever towards the ship. Tears were streaming down my face. I eventually got us back onto the kayak, and our oars were nowhere in sight. We used our arms to paddle us forward. And after some time, what felt like an hour, maybe even more, we were back in the calmer waters where we found one of our missing oars. We used it to get back to shore as quickly as possible. Upon arriving on the beach, we both ran back to our parents. At least I assume that's where she went, as we never saw each other again. Unfortunately, the story doesn't end there. Even after relaying that and all of what happened to my parents, they didn't seem to even get the hint that I should be supervised. I wasn't a bad kid, but as a seven-year-old in a foreign country, you'd think they'd be more cautious. A couple of days later, I walked down to the beach by myself, where an older gentleman approached me. He had a strange accent and asked me how old I was. I told him, though, I was genuinely creeped out by him. I felt like I had to answer his questions. He was an adult and was therefore in charge. He then asked me if I would hang out with his son, Frederick. I still was nervous, but I reluctantly said yes. I was scared of this man, but at the same time, I wanted another kid to play with as I was lonely. He took me to him, who to his credit was real. I hadn't been tricked or lured, and all my worries instantly melted away. Frederick and his father were visiting from Poland, and Frederick and I bonded, talking about our home countries, interests, and absent parents. I then learned that Frederick was 13. This concerned me though, not as much as it should have probably. Being only 7 years old, I knew that he was what was considered at my school, a big kid. When you're a kid, a 6 year difference really is a lot. It feels like they have as much control over you as an adult, but we got along great, so I had no reason to think of him as anything other than a friend. We continued to hang out for several days. 
We would meet up at a specific spot on the beach and we would talk and play in the sand. We never really went in the water. We would chat and explore the coast. It was a lot of fun. I liked Frederick. On the third day we met up, we played around in the sand. By this point, I noticed his father was never around. I had only ever seen him the first day when he approached me alone. I didn't think much of it. Frederick suggested we go into the water. As someone who loved the ocean, I was more than happy to oblige. I was honestly waiting for this. I loved the sand, but I wanted to swim. We went in the water talking and laughing, except he kept moving further and further out to sea until I eventually couldn't touch the bottom. He was more than a foot taller than I was, so I assumed he didn't realize I couldn't feel him anymore. But then, his whole demeanor changed. We were facing each other. I was facing the shore, and he was facing the open ocean. He was blocking my path back to the beach, though this wasn't a concern at the time until he started acting weird. Nothing leading up to this point would have led me to believe he was a threat. He asked me about my body and if I had ever seen a guy's private parts. Thinking this was a joke, I said no. He then asked me if my parents knew where I was. I once again stupidly said no. I was getting worried out, and I told him I wanted to go back to the beach. He ignored me, and then he asked, Do you want to see it? Surprisingly, at this point, I actually kind of knew what was going on, and I wasn't being an idiot for once. I tried to swim past him, but he grabbed my arm before I could say anything. He put both hands on top of my head and shoved me underwater. I was kicking and screaming, knowing no one could hear me or save me. I felt so helpless. I felt, I felt like I was leaving my body. I could see his legs, I could see the empty blue, I could see my parents lying on lounge chairs half a mile up the beach, sun tanning, drinking cocktails, not a worry in the world. Anger consumed me. I was a good swimmer. I was in martial arts. I knew I could do better. I deserved a chance at life. I wanted my freedom so severely I kicked and kicked and kicked and I kicked Frederick right in the jewels by pure chance. I somehow made it back to shore by grasping for air and swimming like I was in the Olympics. I ran to my parents, and though they questioned why I was out of breath, all I could say was, I never want to see Frederick again, and I didn't. During the last couple of days of the trip, my parents looked out for me. They never even questioned my decision to stop seeing this kid who they'd never even met. I put it out of my mind, too. I'm 24 years old now. I recently brought it up to my mother, telling her the whole story. She cried. I get it. I love my parents. Unfortunately, they didn't start paying attention to me until I no longer needed it. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true deep sea horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to double punch that like button in the face to make sure they know you enjoyed this video. Subscribe if you're new and turn on notifications to never miss new episodes as I upload them almost every single day on all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. You can also submit them via reddit at r slash the dark swamp. I would love to see your story and potentially share it with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. 
If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcasts, and pretty much everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. It's absolutely free to download them and always will be. If you made it all the way to the end, I very much appreciate you. Definitely let me know what story was your favorite in the comments. It helps me pick better ones in the future, and I always love to see your opinions. If you made it to the end as well, today's code word is scuba diving lion. Definitely be sure to make some sort of funny comment in the comments below with that code word. I will pin the funniest one at the top. And I just always enjoy seeing the silly and nonsensical things you guys come up with. It's very much a fun time. Thank you guys, as always, for supporting the swamp the way you do. I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.